part two of session 26, and it's time to end up book one of the original format. Let's talk about Hiroshima and Nagasaki and nuclear bombs. Let's start. Picking up from last video, we were talking about the last little bits of information that was asked by Don to finish up the history that he was laying down in his line of questioning from 75,000 year master cycle all the way to today's date, or actually to that date, 1981, um, current date, let's say. And the questions, of course, had to do with the Confederation, the Orion Group, and other influences on Earth which is relevant to obviously the communication that was happening. So we're going to go straight into the first question that I have where Don is asking now about the UFO phenomena. And I'm going to read from what Don says. Thank you. In the recent past of the last 30 to 40 years, the UFO phenomena has become known to our population. What was the original reason for? I know there have been UFOs throughout history, but what was the original reason for the increase in what we call UFO activity, say, in the past 40 years? And Ross says, Information which Confederation sources had offered to your entity, Albert Einstein, became perverted, and instruments of destruction began to be created. Examples of this being the Manhattan Project and its product. Information offered through Wanderer Sound Vibration Nikola Tesla also being experimented with for potential destruction. Example, your so-called Philadelphia experiment. And we know what the Manhattan Project was. We're gonna get into that basically for the majority of the rest of this session. And the Philadelphia experiment is something that is probably least known, but just to cover obviously the Manhattan Project is the nuclear bombs that were detonated in Japan Hiroshima and Nagasaki, and that information was given to Einstein by Confederation sources to provide technology for us to improve ourselves, and we just destroyed ourselves even beyond the means that we've ever had in the past. So uh, that and, of course, Tesla's uh, information technology also used for, I mean, we're just funny creatures. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. Uh, the Philadelphia experiment was the one that was done on a boat uh, or a ship that they were vibrating it to a point where it would phase out of this reality. They were uh, conducting experiments and people were uh, stuck. The people, the crew that were there got stuck in the ship, like in the, the walls and the metal and stuff like that. It was, it was a horrifying view, of course. So um, I suppose there was other type of experiments that were done this is all you know in the uh, information from insiders and of course all conspiracy theory stuff that is uh, it's usually um, not considered as something true but we all know where this is going to so in any case for what's relevant to this uh, to the session they realized the uh, the monkeys with blades that we were in technology so they came here and uh, intervened of course so that's what we have so far Ra has more to say and I'm gonna read it and 
they say. Thus, we felt a strong need to involve our thought forms in whatever way we of the Confederation could be of service in order to balance these distortions of information meant to aid your planetary sphere. Again, they're always trying to help uh, here by giving us either information, technology or other means. And there's always a way to distort that by the negative beings and also the very well conditioned people in the elite that have been here for hundreds of years, if not thousands, depending on how you want to see it. So there's always that distortion of um, the information for uh, self gain, which is the um, the typical label of the negative entities and the trademark of him. So that's why they felt the need to do this. And we're gonna go on with uh, the rest of the information that Don wants to know. And he says, then what you did, I'm assuming then, is to create an air of mystery with the UFO phenomena, as we call it, and then by telepathy, send many messages that could be either accepted or rejected under the following, of course, the law of one, so that the population would start thinking seriously about the consequences of what they were doing. Is this correct? Ra says, this is partially correct. There are other services we may perform. Firstly, the integration of souls or spirits, if you will, in the event of use of these nuclear devices in your space-time continuum. This the Confederation has already done. We are going to get deeper into what Ra is saying here in terms of the detonating of the nuclear bombs and what they did as part of their services, which is the nuclear devices um, being detonated and then uh, the integration of the soul, I believe, is what they call it. So we're going to get into that. But um, one little part that I wanted to add that is part of the question that Don had was that they started appearing in the skies and all this stuff. I mean, there was a lot that the Confederation was doing and all this activity obviously created an explosion of technology as the Roswell crash uh, uh, gave us with all the technology that was uh, reverse engineer there. But also create, like Don said, this, um, this sense of, of amazement that, you know, there's something out there and then attached to what just happened after World War II and the rest of the information. And I'm not going to get into this because it's all in a previous session when they contacted Eisenhower and all that stuff. So I uh, just wanted to make that mention because that's where Don was really asking the question. And now he gets amazed by this, uh, this specific question uh, or answer by Ra. And we're going to get into that right away. So Don says, I don't fully understand what you meant by that. Could you expand a little bit? Ra says, the use of intelligent energy transforming matter into energy is of such a nature among these weapons that the transition from space-time third density to time-space third density, or what you may call your heaven worlds, is interrupted in many cases. Therefore, we are offering ourselves as those who continue the integration of soul or spirit complex during the transition from space-time to time-space. Well, first of all, we're going to get more details into this because this does not explain the whole picture, but let me go little by little and it's going to start making more sense as I read it and I explain it further. So uh, the use of intelligent energy transforming matter into energy is what the nuclear bomb does. 
it creates a release of energy uh, by its, uh, its, its very nature and that disintegrates the atoms and everything around it. So it's not only in the physical world that we see this because that is space time, but also in time space because of the nature of the explosion and the physics uh, behind it of the fabric of space it also seems to dissolve the soul because the soul is also even though it's not in space-time it's in time-space but it's also made up of energy and that energy can be disintegrated and dissolved and we're gonna get into that but that's what they were preventing that the transition as you die and your soul kind of like leaves this vehicle and goes into time-space that soul is actually in jeopardy it's in danger of being dissolved completely because of this nuclear bomb. So you can understand the reason why uh, the Confederation came here to assist us in this, uh, in this war with nuclear bombs and why the Cold War in general was just a fake, a hoax in that regard because they had already disarmed all of that. They have been monitoring all this stuff because they would not uh, allow this to happen. So... Uh, nuclear war was never a threat after they detonated that in Japan and um, we're gonna see what they did in Japan in a little bit so let's go on with the next question where Don says could you please give me an example from let us say Hiroshima or Nagasaki of how this is done Ross says those who were destroyed not by radiation but by the trauma of the energy release found not only that the body mind spirit complex made unviable, but also a disarrangement of that unique vibratory complex you have called the spirit complex, which we understand as a mind-body-spirit complex, to be completely disarranged without possibility of reintegration. This would be the loss to the creator of part of the creator, and thus we were given permission not to stop the events, but to ensure the survival of the, shall we say, disembodied mind-body-spirit complex. This we did in those events which you mentioned, losing no spirit or portion or holograph or microcosm of the macrocosmic infinite one. That is a cosmic job. <laughs> so after detonating the nuclear bombs, the souls were basically going to be uh, disintegrated, dissolved. There was going to be a loss of information. If you can imagine this, so it makes more sense. We are inspirited in the way that we become aware of ourselves. We become aware energy becomes aware of itself. Everything being energy, awareness of energy becomes us, consciousness or conscious energy that energy starts integrated, integrating in a database who we are through lifetimes, through our second density uh, existence before coming into a human form or a third density vehicle. That information is being retained within the spirit complex and what they also call the mind-body-spirit complex or disembodied mind-spirit complex. Um, so when the, this detonation uh, impacts the physical body and the soul. It risks destroying completely the identity of the creator or the uh, individualized portion of identity of the creator within the, uh, the creation or the universe. So that's what they were trying to prevent and they did. So 
Uh, we're going to get into more details. I mean, this is fascinating. I wish I could talk more about this, but we have so much to cover still, and I don't want to drag this too long. But that's what they did. They basically recovered the possibility of soul disintegration of these uh, brothers and sisters who died in Hiroshima and Nagasaki. So we'll go to the next question where Don says, could you please make the instrument cough and then tell me just vaguely how you accomplish this? Ra says, this is accomplished through our understanding of dimensional fields of energy. The higher or more dense energy field will control the less dense. So, well, first of all, Carla was still sick. And we're going to see this in the next sessions that she was still a little bit congested and her vital energy was low. So that's why you would hear or see that they would make her cough. Um, so we've seen that in the past couple of sessions. So no, um, no surprise there. And then um, the way they do it is through their uh, understandings of dimensional fields and energy. I mean, I can't explain that because I don't even know how they do it, but uh, it seems like their control from that higher density, like they say, the higher or more dense energy field will control the less dense, being able to just manipulate those, um, those energy fields. And as long as they don't interfere with uh, free will and um, they, they just do something for, um, say for service to others in this case then i suppose there is no no issue there um, they might get involved karmically of course just like they did 75,000 years ago uh, as we talked about the social memory complex yahweh when they transfer the martian souls here so something like that may happen in service to others karmically attached but that's all well and good within their realms of density so uh don continues and says but then in general then you're saying that if we, you will allow Earth, the population of this planet, to have a nuclear war and many deaths from that war, but you will be able to create a condition where these deaths will not be more traumatic, shall I say, with respect to entrance to the heaven world or astral world, or whatever we call it, then death by a bullet or normal means of dying of old age. Is this correct? And Ra says, this is incorrect. It would be more traumatic. However, the entity would remain an entity. So Don was asking if this uh, traumatic death would be less uh, painful or impactful or traumatic in general uh, than dying, you know, of old age or something like that. But they say no. It would actually be more traumatic. However, the entity would remain an entity, and that was the whole purpose, just to save the entity and not lose a part of the creation by this. Because, like I explained, that uh, that process of consciousness becoming or energy becoming conscious would be lost by the creator. I mean, nothing would be lost in terms of energy or matter as we perceive it in third density. But the accomplishment of being aware and the experience itself would be dissolved and not reach unity after uh, the whole process of evolution of the soul. So. Uh, we'll keep going and Don says can you tell me the condition of the entities who were shall I say killed in Nagasaki and Hiroshima at this time what is their condition Ra says they of this trauma have not yet fully begun the healing process they are being helped as much as is possible Don says when the healing process is complete with these entities will this experience of the death due to the nuclear bomb cause them to be, shall we say, regressed in their climb toward the fourth density. 
Ra says, such actions as nuclear destruction affect the entire planet. There are no differences at this level of destruction and the planet will need to be healed. So, what this means is that even though Don was asking about the entities themselves, they were be impeded in their evolution of their soul as they uh, progress towards four density, uh, Ra is saying that you know such actions as nuclear destruction affect the entire planet. So there are no difference in the destruction and the planet uh, would need to be healed in that way. So they're seeing everything as a whole, even though the mind-body-spirit complex is part of the organism that we call planet Earth. They would be, um, uh, they would just be part of the planet, and the planet as a whole needs to be healed. So that's that part. So uh, Don would ask next. I was thinking specifically if an entity was in Hiroshima or Nagasaki at that time, and he was reaching harvestability at the end of our cycle. Would this death by nuclear bomb possibly create such trauma that he would not be able to be harvestable at the end of the cycle? That was specifically my question. Ra says, this is incorrect. Once the healing has taken place, the harvest may go forth unimpeded. However, the entire planet will undergo healing for this action. No distinction being made between victim and aggressor. This due to damage done to the planet. So. Um, I think there was a little confusion here when Don was asking uh, about the entity itself, if, if it would impede the entity themselves, because due to the traumatic uh, effect that uh, happened through the nuclear explosion, the entity might be um, impeded to repeat their uh, uh, quick enough, their, um, their experience here in third density, and if that would affect them. But Ra is going more towards the, the planetary healing that needed to happen. And the question being harvest that Don asked, Ra simply says that they uh, that we need to heal the planet first before harvest. And once the planet is healed, then harvest is going to happen. They don't seem to care too much about um, the uh, the entities themselves as separate. And I, I know that sounds a little, a little bad, uh, but it, it, maybe the, the line of question was um, was not perfectly laid out, uh, but in any case, they're just talking about the planet as a whole needed to be healed before harvest, and harvest, uh, harvest is harvest. I mean, whoever is it at that point, it's just what it is, you know, if they were advanced or not, they're not concerned with that because we have sovereignty when we get into time space and we decide to come back, or if we need healing, we just need healing, and that's, you know, it is what it is, so, uh, that that doesn't seem to be the case in in um, in this say example of what happens when people die from this uh, from this way. I mean, remember what happened to Maldek? Maldek had to wait hundreds of thousands of years because of their planetary annihilation, how they destroy their planet. So they had to wait a hundred, two hundred, three hundred thousand years before they were being able. They were they were actually able to be reached by the confederation so and it is what it is uh time is not a big problem in time space so big deal all right so let's go to the next question where don says and then can you describe the mechanism of the planetary healing ross says healing is a process of acceptance forgiveness and if possible restitution the restitution not being available in time space 
there are many among your peoples now attempting restitution while in the physical. This is cool because they are talking about healing is a process of acceptance, accepting what happened, which is it's the same process that we go, obviously everything being a fractal of itself, we as entities and the planet as an entity has to go through the same process of acceptance, forgiveness, and if possible, restitution. This is the same process that we go through when we are doing, uh, say, soul work or uh, whatever you want to call it. It's just how we align ourselves better with our true self. And it has to do with acceptance. Acceptance is such a key word. And forgiveness being the forgiveness of um, the understanding of who we are, who we were, and who we, who we, we continue to be. So in the same way, this, this is what needs to happen for the planet and this happens us collectively uh not just the planet itself oh well leave mother earth to figure it out you know what's going to happen and we'll see you know we'll see what we have to play in there <laughs> we are the consciousness of the planet so uh, we can do our part certainly for this and accept what happened as opposed to um still bring that the sadness or that um, that depression that comes from from seeing what happened. What happened happened, you know, and we just need to accept it, forgive it, forgive everybody that was involved in that. And of course, uh, any possible restitution, which I, I'm not sure how it happens, but they do say that it doesn't happen in time space. So it does happen here in some way. How is it? We'll see. All right. So Don says, how do these people attempt this restitution in the physical? Ra says, these attempt feelings of love towards the planetary sphere and comfort and healing of the scars and the imbalances of these actions. I can only add to this the fact that we are still uh, damaged mentally by thinking that we are somehow separate from the planet. It's almost like it's, it's a cancerous thinking, if you think about it, because cells that become cancerous what they're doing is that they they and they don't do this consciously maybe they do but they're just feeling separate from the rest of the organism and that's what we're doing by the sheer thought of us thinking that we are not part of this planet we are separating ourselves from it we are becoming a cancerous thought like i said so when they say that these attempt feelings of love towards the planetary sphere and comfort and healing of the scars and the imbalances of these actions, it means us as um, as a race, as a humanity, just being able to, uh, to accept this fact that uh, once and for all, it's not that we're part of this planet, the word is wrong even, part of this planet. We are the planet. We are as much uh, the planet as a mountain or air is or water or fire, or animals, plants, anything, anything you can think of is just one big uh, wave going up and down and, you know, inside and outside. It's just one big wobble going on and we are part of it. So if we destroy something, it's almost like we're scarring ourselves. So this is something that needs to get embedded in our subconscious or our collective consciousness. and. Um, I think that's where the healing definitely will come and we will start uh, manifesting way different world. But anyhow, um, it's a 
It's a deep rabbit hole we can get into. All right, so Don says, Then, as the UFO phenomena was made obvious to many of the population, many groups of people reported contact. Many groups of people reported telepathic communication with UFO entities, and many recorded the results of what they considered telepathic communication. Was the Confederation, shall we say, oriented to impressing telepathic communication on groups that became interested in UFOs? Ross says, This is correct, although some of our members have removed themselves from the time-space using thought-form projections into your space-time and have chosen from time to time with permission of the Council to appear in your skies without landing. Now we're going back to the UFOs and their appearance here and they are saying that yes, this is correct, that they started contact in this way and that the Confederation themselves they remove themselves from time-space so they can appear in space-time through projections of thought forms. And that's what we have seen in the skies from time to time. So um, Don was characterized by uh, wanting to know a lot of the UFO phenomena. And even though for us is, you know, it's, it's general culture at this point, we know that back then it was a novelty, especially Don coming from the 50s and the 60s, and even the 70s, where it was, there was a lot of activity there, and they were still trying to figure out what was happening with them. So this was like fresh information for him, and he was very, very um, in tune with that. So, all right. So the next question, Don says, is then are all of the landings that we that have occurred, except for the landing when Eisenhower was contacted, are all of those landings of the Orion Group or similar type of groups? Ra says, except for isolated instances of those of, shall we say, no affiliation, this is correct. All right, so going back to Eisenhower, remember that he was contacted by UFOs or actually entities, the Confederation came here. That's all part of, I don't remember the session, I believe session 22, 24, should be around there. Uh, it's right in the thumbnail, so go watch it if you want. Uh, but yeah, Don is asking if all those landings have been the, confer uh, the Orion group, actually. And Ra says, that's correct, except for isolated instances of those, shall we say, no affiliation. No affiliation meaning either the confederation, so it could be one of those windows where uh, simply other entities can come through and I call them like visits, like random visits that they come and say like, oh, look, a bunch of humans here, let's see what they do. And those to me are no affiliation, or maybe the Confederation and other ones have come here with no affiliation to other uh, other people on the planet, like uh, maybe Aborigines, um, other people are not uh, affiliated with the Confederation and all the distortions they have caused. I'm not sure. I'm just throwing arrows here, but um, that that really caught my attention when they said no affiliation. So. One or the other, or maybe both, who knows. Now we're getting into the last couple of questions where Don says, is it necessary in each case for the entity who is contacted in one of these landings to be calling the Orion group? Or do some of these entities come in contact with the Orion group even though they are not calling that group? Ra says, you must plumb the depths of four density negative understanding. This is difficult for you. Once having reached third density space-time continuum through your so-called windows, these crusaders may plunder as they will. 
the results completely a function of the polarity of the, shall we say, witness, subject, or victim. We have more to answer here, but I wanted to make a pause because this is the contact of the Orion group with, with people uh, here that we're not calling them. And uh, there is a portion that we cannot understand according to Ra, which is the, uh, the depths of four density negative. So that understanding is not available to us and it's very difficult apparently. So um, once here, the, uh, the results of that contact has to do with our polarity and the way we perceive things. So one thing I will add here is that we are never in danger of the Orion group's influence. I wanna make that a strong point here. It's not like we're vulnerable to these entities. They are ourselves in a negative form, which means that when we consider them as equals, there's nothing they can do. And when we consider them with love and acceptance, there's even less they can do. And this is important because it illustrates how when they say the result's completely a function of the polarity of the, shall we say, subject, us, the person being contacted. So um, just, I, I thought it was very important to add that in because when they say it this way, it really uh, uh, validates the point that we are not in danger of them, but we shouldn't be inviting of them either. So, I mean, they're just mischievous uh, entities that are there to cause some, uh, some chaos within the creation. And that's how I see them anyways. Um, I don't wanna influence you into how to see them, but that's just my point. And it makes me feel um, a lot more whole with the whole creation. But anyhow, there's more to this. And Ross says, this is due to the sincere belief of four density negative that to love self is to love all. Each other self, which is thus either taught or enslaved, thus has a teacher which teaches love of self. Exposed to this teaching, it is intended that there be brought to fruition and harvest of four density negative or self-serving mind-body-spirit complex. So now we're just talking about the philosophy that the Orion group wants to uh, in part here that they want to teach by them and we've spoken about this in the past by them uh, manipulating others they also teach them how to manipulate others and then a chain reaction happens which is the creation of a negative environment or a negative uh, chain let's call it that way that would create the elite and so on and possibly having a four density negative harvest which is what the Orion group wants as well as the confederation wants a positive one there is no reason to have no negative harvest here. Yes, we should have negative harvest and um, we should be okay with that. We're still in the, um, in the mentality of rightfulness. You know, we have to, uh, light must defeat dark. Light cannot defeat dark. There's no battle there. There's just simple duality of the creation. So um, I think it's funny at this point where we still uh, think that there is a war going on uh, between uh, the forces of evil and the forces of good, the dark and the light. Um, it's almost like saying, you know, when I turn on the light, you know, there's a fight there. No, there's just light, you know, going on. And you are just picking which side you're on. So um, it's what I call the dance of the cosmos. We're dancing and we just have to pick a partner <laughs> or just become that partner, whichever way you want to see it. All right, last question that I believe I have to share here. 
And it's done saying, then I'm assuming all of the UFO groups who were attempting telepathic contact from the Confederation were, shall we say, high priority targets of the Orion Crusaders. And I would assume that a large percentage of them were, shall we say, had their information polluted then. Can you tell me, do you have any idea what percentage of these groups were heavily polluted by the Orion information, and if any of them were able to remain purely a confederation channel? Now before I get into this answer, because it's going to be a beautiful one, uh, and it's funny because we're not going to get any inf information out of it, and you'll see why, <laughs> but I want to say a little background. Don was asking about all the information that was channeled uh, recently, recently in their times, 40 years ago, um, exactly 40 years ago, actually. And they were, uh, they were, or he was asking about, say, uh, W.B. Smith work or the other channelers that did all this massive channeling in the 50s and 60s to, uh, to get the Confederation information. And of course, again, and he was threading on uh, just a little bit uh, muddy territory here because he was asking again like which information was negative just like be before he asked in the same session about the Bible and that of course we know the answer so that's the information that he was asking uh, so he could know how much of the Orion group had tainted you know those uh, channelings and Rob of course as usual is gonna mind blown me once again hopefully you get mind blown by this and it's not just a denial of information, but what they say. And Ra says, I'm gonna give some nice tone here. To give you this information would be to infringe upon the free will or confusion of some living. We can only ask each group to consider the relative effect of philosophy in your so-called specific information. It is not the specificity of the information which attracts negative influences. It is the importance placed upon it. This is why the, we iterate quite often when asked for specific information that it pales to insignificance, just as the grass withers and dies while the love and the light of the one infinite creator redounds to the very infinite realms of creation forever and ever, creating and creating itself in perpetuity. Why then be concerned with the grass that blooms, withers, and dies in its season, only to grow once again due to the infinite love and light of the One Creator? This is the message we bring. Each entity is only superficially that which blooms and dies. In the deeper sense, there is no end to beingness. Boof. Beautiful just beautiful. <laughs> Why do we need to ponder and wonder so much about this transient information? We are a little bit obsessed with that. Admittedly, I am one of them. And I'm learning from all this that we should just allow things to flow. We are only here to have experiences and make choices. Those choices are either to accept, to reject, or to remain indifferent. The choice is yours, but the path that those lead to are or should be available to you to understand. Again, I just love the, even though the mind um, or the collective mind of the raw group 
was very precise and not very uh, poetic. Sometimes they do amaze me with the information that they give and the way they put it. And um, here, uh, we're not ending the session yet, but because I have, I want to share something else. Speaking of beauty, uh, I want to share something else that Don said in this session. And um, I'm going to bring this into the conclusions because I think this is just uh, uh, the best way that I can conclude this session and being the end of book one. But um, there's so much to get out of what Ross said here in terms of how we perceive life, how we perceive information and experiences. So I uh, just wanted to read that to you in that voice because ah, it just sounded beautiful to me. So I hope you enjoy that as much as I enjoyed reading it and rereading it again because I had to reread it several times. It's so beautiful. Anyhow, we're going to get into now Don's chance to say something that to me was again, very soul refreshing, if you will. Don says, um, as you stated before, it is a straight and narrow path. There are many distractions. I plan to create an introduction, shall I say, to the law of one, traveling through and hitting the high points of the 75,000 year cycle, possibly a few questions into the general future. After this introduction to the law of one, as I call it, I would like to get directly to the main work, which is creating an understanding that can be disseminated to those who would ask for it, and only to those who would ask for it, for an understanding that can allow them to greatly accelerate their evolution. I am very appreciative and feel it a great honor and privilege to be doing this and hope that we can accomplish this next phase. Now it's here. Don just hit me here. Don, I mean, Ra hit me here in the last um, um, part of their answer. Now Don is hitting me here. Remember that we were finishing book one here, or Don was finishing book one, and this was the ending of what he said. Um, I thoroughly enjoy... Uh, Don is somebody that I am very, very grateful uh, for, and I am also in admiration of who he was and the person that he was. And for him to say these words, you can see the beauty of his soul just talking about uh, what he wanted to accomplish with this channeling. He was thinking uh, so much about all of us. And to know that we, right now, you sitting right there, listening to me, and knowing that this information that was transmitted to uh, to the LNL research group, the three beautiful people that created this, and Don being at the forefront of the questions and everything, and knowing that that stream of information just got to us, and we can, um, like he said here, help him, can allow them to greatly accelerate their evolution. Oh, thank you, Don. Thank you, thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart, man. Whew, I just had to say that. I think it was beautiful the way he put it and what he said there as he wrapped up this book. But anyhow, uh, we got to the end of this. This was not the end of the session. However, it's the way I'm going to end it because this is uh, the um, the end of what would I call uh, coherence uh, within the session. There was another question that was asked, and actually, if you, I'm gonna speak about the people that worked uh, or read the original books, 
Remember, I'm using the raw contact version, which has everything uh, laid out different than the original books. It was done explicitly as the sessions went on. So all the questions that were asked and everything that was spoken that day is a transcript, specific transcript of everything. So I'm following that because that's what I decided to do because the original books excluded a bunch of stuff and I didn't want to work with that material. So anyhow, in the original books, Don wanted to create more congruency within the UFO encounters or what they call close encounters. And he took information from, I believe it was session 54 or 55, where they were talking about the... Uh, the UFO or close encounter. I think it's funny because Ra actually says that it's humorous that we call it close encounter where everything is just the creator. But anyhow, just one of their oneness jokes that um, it's hard for us to understand. <laughs> but it just shows how, shows how humorous they were. In any case, uh, that for those who read the original book or have the original book and are following this, you would see that there was there's more information. They talk about... Uh, a bunch of stuff that it was in session 54. I did not include it here because like I said, I'm working with the raw context. So we're gonna have to wait until session 54 or 53, something like that, which coincidentally, it's almost like double the sessions that we have already. So um, sorry, we're gonna have to wait for that. And the last thing I'm going to add before I get into the conclusions is that this session actually had uh, Don asking about sexual energy transfer, which is something that I didn't want to include it here because it was a, gonna make it too long. Two, I don't think it was in line with what was said here. So I owe you that. I'm sorry that I didn't put it in this, but I'm gonna make it into a uh, different video, just a uh, standalone video. And we're gonna talk about sexual energy transfer, which I think is a very important topic to understand. And I wanna make it exclusive for that. So wait for that uh, when it comes out. It's not gonna be part of this. And that is all I have for session 26. Wrapping up book one and also uh, finishing up this line of questions that Don had. In session 27, we're gonna get into more information about uh, cosmology, physics, and astronomy, cool stuff that I like to uh, geek about. So uh, it's gonna be really cool and interesting. So that's not gonna stop even if we are at the end of book one. Like I said, I'm using the rack contact version. So it's gonna get into that. Conclusions now. As they said in a couple of things, and this is where I'm going to derive my, uh, my conclusions onto it, is that we are obsessed with this mentality of creating a, um, a sort of separation of us, even in our understandings of the, uh, the world, the way it works and how we fit into it. And this battle between light and darkness and all this, it's fine. I'm not saying it's wrong. Uh, far from me, you know, to say that something is wrong, where we know that nothing is wrong or right. It simply is. And experience is all that exists in this cosmos. However, we do have a playground here where we can create all sorts of experiences. There's no limitations. And because there's no limitations, we can go into some profound stuff, like say somebody could be repeating third density forever and ever and ever, or an entity, and that's fine. It's no problem there. I mean, it's just the way it is. We shouldn't be concerned about them. We would offer our help if we could, but we shouldn't be concerned about you know them not, uh, they're, they're just having fun 
If you've ever been to a uh, EDM festival, you would know that people are just doing their own thing. You know, whatever they're doing. They're disguised, they're dancing, they're rolling on the floor, they're drinking. I mean, that's just, that's how I see this cosmos. It's not serious. We take this cosmos too serious. We take ourselves too serious. We take everything too serious. Uh, life is not about that. Life is about enjoying, having fun, uh, and just being part of everything and not concerning ourselves with small things. Um, that's just my interpretation, of course. It's just my way of seeing life. Uh, but we do get, of course, because of our social conditioning and everything that's happening around us, but mostly because it's our decision. We ought to make uh, take responsibility on things and not fall into what, say, Ra was saying in this session, uh, transit information and things that why would we care about um, people dying or say animals or plants where we should be concerned with the whole of the macrocosm that doesn't mean that we should allow things to happen that we are not agreeing with it's just the way we uh, we perceive it is the the problem or um, the issue like they said is the importance that we give to it the importance is what uh, what creates the um, the negative calling, let's say, that will distort our perceptions. So um, I, there's a lot of philosophy involved in this, and you can see why I'm so inclined to uh, to interpret this material in a philosophical way that can explain this reality as we see it in a way that can create harmony for us and not create more conflict or create the idea that now that we're reading the law of one because a social memory complex called Ra came and gave us this information and now we... <laughs> None of that stuff. I mean, we are Ra. We all are Ra. And uh, this information is either to be uh, to be laughed upon or to be taken very serious. I mean, it's up to you what, we, what you do with it. I just think there is some... Uh, my intention or my... Uh, the beauty that I see in this is just in... Um, taking things out and putting them into context for our life and how we see things. So, anyhow, I expanded too much on my conclusions. I get uh, carried uh, out by or carried away by philosophy in general and just explaining things like this or talking to myself in general. So, thank you for listening. Thank you for being part of this. And even though book one is done, we're going to go into session 27 right away next week as usual and i have nothing else to say but to thank you uh, for listening thank you for being part of this subscribe of course if you haven't you know the whole jazz and we will see each other next week in session 27 thank you so much much appreciated